It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding at Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com. Fast-paced, white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today. Do yourself right with a little indoor cart racing. And Dirk, this definitely was the week to be indoors and not outdoors. It went from uh, not bad, too bad of weather to blistering cold. What was that, Monday? Uh, yeah, Monday was the real the coldest day this week. Yeah, where it only got up. I don't know if it got uh, much over 30, did it? No, I, I only saw 20s. And and as we sit here and record, it's, it's just a tick over uh, freezing at 36. And I think we're supposed to get some warm weather later. But uh, always a good place to be. Joe's Carding indoors, uh, fast-paced, warm. Nice little heaters there just as you walk in to keep the place uh, nice and warm. So get over to Joe's Carding today. Once again, Joe uh, Joe's Carding with a K, Carding with a K. A lot to cover today, and we're mostly, for this edition of the Fred Stretch, is going to be headlines. We're going to try and cover some of the uh, news that we have missed since, well, it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a break since we've done a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. Since we've done any of the headlines. We were down at Quaker Steak and Lube a few weeks ago um, recording some uh, I-80 Speedway Track Champions interviews, and those are going to continue next Monday the 13th with uh, Harlan County Speedway, and uh, sounds like we've got one driver on the hook for Ottawa, right? And maybe a second. Okay, Uh, so we're working on getting those interviews scheduled. You can always follow the Facebook page and the Facebook event for the latest schedule and who's going to be joining us. And then on December 20th, again, both of these are Monday nights. We're going to be recording that Quaker Steak and Lube, and on December 20th, we're going to be doing the Eagle Raceway Track Champions Got some of those confirmed already, so we'll get the event page updated. Just make sure you follow the Front Stretch on Facebook for all the latest news and notes. I'm trying to scroll through J-Ski and some of the uh, articles that I have saved on Facebook to make sure and talk about it. I just keep scrolling because it's been so long since we've talked. Yeah, there's uh, been a couple big ones, but a lot of little ones. So we found out what's going on with Spire or our friends over at uh, Starcom Racing. They are officially closed and done. As far as we can tell, I, I guess I haven't checked their Facebook page or their website to see if they've shut anything down, but they have sold their charter for the Cup Series. And they've sold parts and they've got their crew looking for work because I chatted with Enfield Jen. She's out trying to find mm-hmm. a new gig with another team. All very little, all, all very secretive, and uh, not really definitive information coming out. Sounds like they have decided to, like we said, they've sold their charter, but they don't put a period at the end of that sentence as if to say we are done. It almost sounds like they're going to continue to run, maybe as a skeleton crew, and run races here and there. Yeah, I mean that's that's what they lead you to believe, but. The only places they're going to even stand a prayer of racing or, you know, some of the races that don't fill up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they'll be able to uh, make that work. Yeah. You know, they can't go to the big money races because they'll have full fields, you know. Right. And so just say they have 42 cars show up for the 40 spots. Six are going to have to make it on time. And normally they're in the last two or three. 
Mm-hmm. So that'll be a lot of work for them. Which was the big advantage for them having that charter was that they were guaranteed a starting position. And they just, you know, after getting rid of Landon Castle or whatever happened with that situation, uh, they never really fared any better. And, and Quinn Hoff uh, really struggled in that double zero machine. And I think they finished uh, 38th in the points, which is their worst of their uh, four or five seasons as a, as a team. It was a bad year for them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like the best said, finish was 19th at Talladega. Instead of their last couple of years of moving forward, they went backwards. Yeah. And I, I think they saw that too. And that's why they went ahead and uh, decided to go ahead and, and uh, get out while the charter was hot. Right. You know, and and- I, I know, I know they didn't pay 13 million for a charter. Right. We were, I think we were talking, it was probably somewhere around two to 4 million uh, when they purchased their charter. I think they purchased it in 2018. Correct. Correct. Yeah. They didn't have one when they started, but they had, they were in negotiation. Actually, I think they leased it the first year and then bought it in 19. Okay. I think what they did. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not seeing anything on their charter on the article I'm reading about, but uh but that, that sounds about right. And, and you got to wonder what the next gen car also might have uh, sped that up a little bit. They don't they don't have to go out and buy new cars. Uh, they just decided, no, we're done. Correct. So. And, uh, you know, they'll be able to sell their cars and stuff. Probably uh, probably end up with ARCA teams, my guess. But yeah. I don't know for sure. I wonder if they'll run any kind of uh, maybe a partial Xfinity or something. I don't know. It's tough to say because they haven't said for sure. Like they haven't said, and this is the end of Starcom racing. You know, I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at at the beginning is there's no period on this whole thing. It's kind of a left open sentence. Well, there's no period on it, but they don't have any employees. So that's, that's a pretty big period in my book. Yeah. Well, did you see that? uh, I I was actually kind of surprised by this. Uh, The NASCAR award ceremony was last weekend. And the uh, most popular driver award went right back to Chase Elliott. I kind of thought maybe Kyle Larson had a shot at stealing that. No, no, there's still too many people holding his little, little uh, gaff that he made his little, you know, mm. um, a little nothing is what I consider it. I considered it then. I thought his punishment was way too harsh, harsh for what he did, but. You know, there's people still holding that against him. Just yeah. go to any NASCAR uh, page on Facebook and start talking about Kyle Larson winning the championship or this, that, or the other thing. And you will get people coming out of the woodwork about, you know, NASCAR needs to punish him. And, you know, and, and now NASCAR, that he's a champion, NASCAR's got to find a way to soothe over all the sponsors. And, uh, and, and it's not just one or two people. They'll be, hundreds i've actually quit two of my nascar pages because there were so many idiots on there. yeah he served his time he did what he had to do and he came back with a vengeance and i i think just like anybody that committed a crime in our society he paid his due he uh he did some sensitivity training he reached out to that community he made massive apologies for weeks on end uh, major national interviews i think he did one on 60 minutes um, as far as I'm well, concerned, he, he paid his, he paid his due for his crime. And to me, the biggest person that forgave him was Bubba Wallace. Yeah. You well, know. And, and he'd worked with the black community before that he went, reached out to them. I, I think in his, 
uh, he, I seem to remember, I think it was that 60 minutes thing. He, he had worked very closely with, uh, I want to say it was a, uh, African-American activist group in Ohio or Chicago. And it was one of the first calls he made. And he just said, I'm, uh, I, I can't believe I did that. And I think the guy said back to him, I can't believe you did it either. That was completely stupid. And they had a long conversation and, and that was that. Yeah. And I mean, he didn't know obviously that the whole thing was aired. He thought he was talking person, person to his friend who was being the spotter for the rigs. Mm-hmm. He didn't know he was on an open mic. You know, I mean, to me, that's almost like, you know, eavesdropping or something It wouldn't be allowed for evidence in court. Well, but, but hot mics have been used. I mean, it, it, listen, that was one of the first rules I learned in radio. You do not say it. If there's a microphone near you, don't say it. You never <laughs> you know do. when it's hot and I've made the mistake. Luckily I've gotten away with it. I've dropped, well, a, yeah. dropped a couple of cuss words on the radio when I worked back in, back at 89, seven, the river in, in Iowa. And, you know, luckily nobody was listening and, and nothing got reported, but I've made the mistake. Countless other people have made the mistake, but society will still pin you against the wall if you make that mistake so anyways chase elliott is your most popular driver like i said i i kind of thought that maybe kyle had a shot because of all the dirt fans but maybe the dirt fans just turned off nascar after the race at phoenix and uh got to enjoy their driver having a championship and didn't really come out and vote well and still i mean it's you know, to me, there were some other popular drivers while Junior won it every year. The only reason mm-hmm. he won it was because of his name. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he was one of the most, he was one of the toughest people to approach at a race. And, you know, I've been digging for autographs for, you know, for six or seven years up till mm-hmm. this year, actually mm-hmm. last year. And uh, he was just one person you couldn't get close to. It was just too tough, you know. And to me, that's not the most popular driver. The most popular driver is a guy that's going to sit there and sign for anybody and everybody who has always been Kyle Larson. I, yeah, it's, it's some of those bigger guys, you know, the, the, the marketing people get in the way, the team members get in the way, or, or they're just not approachable. But we've even found, you know, uh, Brad Kislowski was easy to approach. He, he took, he kind of put us off a little bit. I don't want to say it like that, but he had other things he had to attend to. But he said, if you guys can wait about 20 to 30 minutes, I should be free and I'll sit down with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, and uh, Carl, Carl was easy to talk to Carl Edwards. Uh, once we went through the proper channels and, and talked to his uh, marketing rep, his uh, PR guy, uh, we got a time scheduled right away, you know, and, uh, well, I don't think we ever, tr- no, I tried, I tried very hard for Danica just to try to get her on the show and um, no luck. <laughs> oh, we tried to get Jimmy Johnson on the show. We tried to get Dale on the show. Yeah. I mean, we tried with those people, but the Hendricks people, all they wanted were big market numbers. Right. And our little market, even though the numbers are probably some of the best at the station, weren't what they were looking for. Right. All right. Uh, practice and qualifying returning with knockout style format in 2022. Uh, after two seasons of barely any practice, well, no practice at some tracks, barely any at other tracks. And I think we qualified maybe four or five times. Uh, I was going to say four, but yeah, you know, something like that. It, it, yeah. They didn't do it every race. Right. You know, which is, I, I guess I didn't quite understand why all of a sudden they did it at Phoenix. Uh, cause I, in that, in that sense, I was, I'm with you that if you're going to do something, do it the Oops. same way for all the races, unless there's a really good reason. 
Like what was it last year was one of the first years they had uh, the circuit of America's on. So they let, they let teams practice for, I think 30 or, or 30 minutes or an hour or something like that. They gave yep. an opportunity to get used to the tra- track. I get no, that. Com- no complaint. If it's a brand new track, right. no, but no all complaint. of a sudden the championship race, you're going to decide to go qualify. <laughs> I don't get it, <laughs> but whatever. I'm not making the rules. You're not. <laughs> right. Uh, so it looks like there's going to be, um, practice and, uh, like we said, the knockout qualifying, the qualifying procedure at the ovals will include a 15 minute practice between group a and B. And then I'm trying to understand this. It's a little confusing how they're doing this whole thing. Well, we'll just post a a graphic, but are, are you excited about, are you excited about the return of practice and qualifying? Well, we'll just see how bad NASCAR screws up qualifying or how bad the drivers <laughs> screw up NASCAR's new qualifying system. It's mm-hmm. going to go one way or the other. Was it Clint Boyer or Brad Kozlowski that said, uh, oh, it, they both had the same sentiment where I, I think we had talked to Brad about some sort of a race. And uh, he said, uh, give us four or five races. We'll screw it up. Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah, it was the qualifying was procedure. Right. It was the qualifying procedure. Because everybody was lagging back. It was after the right. California race where nobody qualified. Right. Clint Boyer said, well, that took four or five races, but sure enough, we screwed it up. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, then, and, then, they, and then they changed it and yeah. said, you guys got to get out there. And that's when Brad Keselowski said, yeah, it won't make any difference. And four or five races, we'll screw that up. Right. It, it, you know? It's just kind of funny. I, I don't think I've heard more true words be said. Uh, there's been some pretty true statements said in all in, in racing in the, in the little time I've been in it, but just when he said that, I thought, man, he nailed that. <laughs> That's absolutely oh. true. <laughs> yeah, couldn't argue with him. No. Uh, congratulations to Kyle and Samantha Bush. If you've been following those two on social media, you know they have been trying very hard to have another baby. And because of, I believe, uh, Samantha has some uh, pregnancy, some medical issues that it, it's very difficult for the baby to move on to the second term. Uh, and they, uh, were able to announce back in November, uh, just, just before Thanksgiving that in May, 2022, they expect to be, uh, having another child. So that, uh, that's great news. And and very, I think they're right on board with that would have been right about the second, uh, trimester. And then, uh, should be getting close to the third trimester here in a little bit. Well, I guess a couple of months, if it's going to be born in May. Yeah. The second or the third trimester would be, well. Five, four, three. So February would mm-hmm. be the end of the second. So, but good news for them. I know I, I watched some stuff on her, and and you know it's it's always kind of baffled me. But I've I've never tried to be a parent so far, <laughs> and good I've never thing. had to go through all of that <laughs> stuff. Right? <laughs> I've never had to go through that stuff. But I know it was a real big struggle for her and Kyle every time that you know they they spent a lot of money trying to get pregnant, and they I think Braxton was just kind of a miracle. They uh, and they'd been trying ever since going to fertility clinics, trying different methods, getting pregnant, but then it wouldn't stick. And, you know, it's very difficult on those two. So congratulations for those two. That's uh, I know that means a lot to them to be able to have that second baby. Yeah, well, there's I mean, in that world of reproduction, there is so much weird stuff that goes on. I mean, my brother and his wife uh, tried you know, to have a baby shortly after they got married and it took eight years. Mm-hmm. And then it was about every three years, they just popped one out. <laughs> my cousin 
had uh, had issues too. They uh, they had tried for years and and couldn't get pregnant. And the doctors have pretty much told them, you know, without some major medical intervention, there's really nothing we can do. Uh, and all of a sudden, they had twins, and these are two very healthy. Uh, boys that definitely keep them busy and then it seemed like once it stuck now all of a sudden they started having kids and i, th- I think they've got four kids now that uh yeah it just kind of took them forever to get stuck so it's um even with modern mes- medicine it, it's amazing how hard it is to get pregnant these days well yep. any days got, i guess then you got the other end of the stick there was a guy using a vibrator on his wife underneath the covers and she thought something was weird about what was going on. So she flipped on the light and she got all mad at him and started cussing at him and said, you better explain that vibrator, mister. And he goes, well, I've been doing it for years. And she goes, oh my God, then you got a lot of explaining to do. And he goes, okay, I'll explain the vibrator. You explain the kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's clean enough to leave in. I think so. (laughs) I was just going to say, is that clean enough? You didn't get vulgar, at least not according to me. Nope, I tried to, I kept it clean. Oh, congratulations, Tony and Leah, now Stewart. Tony Stewart finally signed, uh, tied the knot and became a husband. Well, all she got out of him was a race team, so I guess. I I don't think there was much of a prenup in this deal. Well, you don't think so? (laughs) Oh, I'm sure there was probably on both sides. To be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, that'd be safest, but yeah, they, they tied the knot, uh, what back around Thanksgiving. Can't remember yeah. exactly when, um, I was going to say the week before I think, but I want to say it was November 21st or 22nd. So, uh, or it could have been the, the 20th right around that area right on Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, like- I think Thanksgiving was the 25th this year, I think. No, I thought it was the week early. Oh, it was the no. la- it's always the last Thursday in November, right? Right. Yeah, it was the 25th. So I'd be 24th, 23rd, 22nd would have been Monday. Mm-hmm. So the 20th would have been Saturday. So you yeah. assume it was on the 20th on a Saturday anyway. Might not have been. It might have been a Friday deal. Who knows? I think it was a Saturday. Um, oddly enough, my invitation must have got lost in the mail. Um, oh, well, you, I wondered why I didn't see you. Yeah, I've a little hurt. Oh, I guess I'll have to reach out to Tony or his lawyers again, see if I can talk to him. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, he wanted to keep you away from Leah. That's yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. God, was she's like 30 something? I mean, I thought the, the age difference between Sarah and I was a lot, but I think he's like 18, 16 years older than her, somewhere 20 years older than her, somewhere around there. Yeah, but he's got a bigger checkbook than you do. Oh, yeah. A lot bigger checkbook. He's got multiple big checkbooks. He is no, 50, he's 50 years old. And I think she's 34 or 35, I think. So 15, 30, 16 years. 33. So he's 17 years to her elder. Go, Tony. Mm-hmm. Go Tony. I told, I told Go Sarah, Tony. <laughs> I told Tony. Sarah when I read that, I was like, I, I wonder if I need to upgrade to a, a younger model, keep up with Tony. Yeah, you had your chance. He would have blown up her birthday last week. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think I did all right. She doesn't seem to be upset with me over that. There's other things, but not that. <laughs> uh, but uh, 
yeah, anyways, uh, Spire Motorsports set to field a truck series team next season, which will kind of help to fuel and, and uh, train drivers. I think that's one of the big things that a lot of the teams, the NASCAR teams have done well is have uh, Xfinity series and truck series teams that they're able to uh, generate new talent. And if anybody's done it best, I think it's Joe Gibbs racing because they seem to always have a plethora of drivers that are just waiting to get up into the Xfinity series. Yeah. And if you look at the Xfinity series moving up, you've got uh, uh, Dale Jr. developing drivers for all kinds of people. Yeah. Joe Gibbs has big, big stuff in the Xfinity. Uh, you know, where you're uh, the major team that's lacking in all of that is Hendrick. Yeah, but the, the, I, they're pretty much taking from, from uh, Junior Motorsports. Well, yeah, you know, that's not necessarily their thing because Brad Keselowski never drove for Hendricks and he sure drove for Junior for a couple of years. So, you yeah, know. but he also had that whole thing where he was confused because he thought he was going to get the next ride and. And didn't. Yeah. So mm. off he went. Didn't Bowman come from Junior? Um. No, I don't remember Bowman driving for Junior before he showed up in Cup the first time. Who did he drive for? He didn't go right into Hendrick, did he? Um, well, Hendrick had an Xfinity program for a while. Heck, back in the day when I was an official, they had trucks. They had two truck series teams. Yeah. Oh, the big news: Richard Petty Motorsports sells majority interest to GMS Racing, also known as Gallagher Motorsports. Uh. Originally, Gallagher Motorsports rebranded re, uh, re itself a few years ago to GMS Racing. Uh, they sold majority ownership for, of, or they bought majority ownership of Richard Petty Motorsports. Uh, looks like about $19 million for the majority stake in the purchase for GMS. 19.1. Looks like and... uh, per sources through the total value of RPM and its two charters is higher because uh excuse me uh but uh, the, anyways the deal obviously like we just talked about uh bought gms majority ownership in the uh in the team and the uh, two charters that they own and i was still trying to figure out because i read several articles and a couple kept mentioning that medallion group and i think that was you know part of that outfit that uh bought into petty with uh was it Gillette that bought in there? Hmm. Somebody else bought in. Richard Petty already had some partners, and what Gallagher did was uh, uh, buy them out. He bought out the partners. He actually didn't buy anything from Richard Petty himself. He bought it all from uh, the partners that were in the group, mm -hmm. but he got majority ownership, so he's the boss. Yeah. Well, and he uh, – I, I don't know. I, I – Hopefully this is a good thing. I see GMS as a team that's on the rise and I, I maybe I'm being a little bit snide here, but I don't see as RPM as a team on the decline anymore. Cause they're, they're pretty much rock bottom. I mean, for as much money as they have and sponsorship as they have, they really can't get any worse. Yeah. They're not, they're not getting the sponsor dollars like the top teams. They're no. a, they're a mid, a mid tier team and that's where they're running. Yeah. I, honestly, though, I, I say mid-tier at best. 
if they're lucky, they'll run mid pack, but they just, they've, they've struggled for, well, let's see uh, who was the last really successful driver at that organization. Oh, that's right. It was Richard Petty. Since him, I mean, it's, it's all just kind of the, the technology, the innovation, the, the speed, it's, it's all kind of eluded them. Well, Kyle had some wins there. I mean, oh, had some well, wins here well there. Kyle's first win was a rain delay. And, and didn't we, uh, didn't we learn earlier that we don't count rain delays as wins anymore? I don't know who told us that. Uh, NASCAR fans after, oh. after Bubba Wallace won his first race as a rain delay. Oh, okay. Okay. Or as I a rain short race. Happened. But I mean, John Andretti won in the STP Pontiac. So Bobby Hamilton. Well, the um, wins are one thing. Uh, Eric Amarola won in that car too. And I'm not saying anything bad about Eric Amarola, but that car is just not a car you consistently see up front challenging. No, no, I didn't say it was, but mm -hmm. it's, it's a long ways from being a, a bottom level team. Yeah. Long ways. Yeah. Maybe I was a little severe on that, but yeah, there's a lot of difference between them and Starcom. Looks like Ty Dillon. Ty Dillon is going to be driving the second car, and Eric Jones will remain as, uh, I believe, driver of the 43 car. Correct. So yeah, I, I see good things on the future because I, I think GMS is a team that has, that has the uh, – what do I want to say? Um, they've got the, the gusto to go and, and find those little areas that make you faster and give you that edge, that, that ability to be able to – race for wins. So I, I, I think that we'll start to see this new incarnation of the if it's petty GMS motorsports looks like is what they're calling it. Um, that I, I think in a couple of years, we'll start to see them creeping up into probably up into the top tens a little bit more often. We'll have to get a hold of Lee Ackerman and see what's uh, what Tommy's doing. Cause Tommy's yeah. been like the director of competition or something there at GMS for a couple of years now. See if he's going to have to take over the cup stuff or still stay down with the trucks. Mm -hmm. And they've been very successful in the truck series. Very successful. Yeah. And he's done some really, really good stuff for them. So uh, hopefully he's uh, he's going to be a major part of that. And we've got kind of a little bit of an in. Oh, uh, we got an in. <laughs> hey, did you see the Chase Elliott uh, Tanner Faust race in that uh, Nitro Rallycross? the clips there's a bunch of clips going around on the internet of him on the, like one of the oh, final yeah, set of like quarters, the, like the last two turns. And then he yeah. wins the race. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that. I was reading that article. So after review, after the race was over with race officials reviewed it and said, they determined it was not an incidental contact. So they basically decided that Tanner Faust won that race and they put Elliot back to second. So after a while, after the race is over with, and I just, I just thought, boy, if that ever happened in NASCAR, my God, the, the pages would just explode. Yeah. Well, they just didn't want their boy to look bad, you know, having an outsider come in and just kick their butt, you know, and, and that's, that's exactly it. Well, and I don't, I, I don't fun. know if ridiculous. I, we don't know how they call races in that sport. Maybe that's a normal thing. That if you blatantly, you know, push somebody out of the way like that, you get moved back a spot. I mean, that happens in dirt track all the time. Number of times I've said so-and-so moved back three positions for rough driving and so-and-so wins the race. Yeah. 
but uh 90 percent of the wrecks you see in that kind of racing aren't incidental there's a lot of people getting moved around and i never hear of anything else you know yeah i don't know it was just kind of a funny thing i i i read that and thought boy nascar fans would have a come apart especially and i don't think nascar would ever do it because nascar likes that they're still in the boys have at it mentality and and we watch it at Martinsville and Bristol every you know couple of years where somebody gets moved out of the way for the win and, and NASCAR fans love that and so the race officials tend mm, of recent days to not call anything like that. Yeah, there's been very few calls in NASCAR. I mean, in NASCAR history, for drivers running over each other, just yeah, you know, just accepted as part of racing. Yeah. Uh, anything else we need to talk about? There hasn't been a lot of local news. Um, we haven't heard any updates on Oric, although we're hoping to get some updates here soon. But uh, well, actually, I've got some updates, but we can't go on the air. Right, with them. can't talk about them quite yet. Um, Eagle Raceway announced their 2022 race season their schedule and for the first time in a few years looks like late models are going to be making their their way onto the racetrack uh it's going to be the beginning of the season races the the uh, icebreaker challenge took me a second to figure out what race that was going to be i don't have the full schedule pulled up but i believe they're going to be running uh, imca late models for that race oh i thought i didn't know if they were going to try an slmr deal or what they were going to do but imca cards okay so the uh, 2022 race schedule for Eagle Raceway, once I said that the tentative schedule is out, looks like they're going to do open practice on Saturday, April 9th. And then the Icebreaker Challenge will feature in the Mod Mania will feature modifieds, brag and right late models. Uh, Friday is going to feature the stock cars and late models. Saturday will feature the uh, sprint cars and hobby stocks. So modifieds and, brag- and, and B mods or sport mods will race both nights. And there's going to be stock cars and late models on Friday with sprint cars and hobby stocks on Saturday. Season kicks off April 23rd with uh, all five of their classes. And they're going to continue to go with sprint cars, modifieds, class, uh, excuse me, stock cars, sport mods, and hobby stocks. Yeah, it would almost been like old-time Eagle if they'd have moved the hobby stocks to Friday with the stock cars and late models and then put the uh, just the sport mods and mods in with the sprint cars because that's what basically what Eagle used to run. Friday night was a stock car show, and Saturday night was open wheel. They yeah. used to run nights a week for years. Yeah, that's back in the day when there was cars and fans to support two nights of racing at one track. Well, I, I think I, uh, those days are long gone. Well, you know, it's – I-80 took the Friday spot, mm-hmm. you know, so there's not, they, not enough cars in the area to support two tracks running 12 miles apart on the same night. Right. So, you know, that's not going to happen. And right. uh, Eagle's always been more of a sprint car fan base. So even back then, their, their crowd was bigger on Saturday, much bigger than it was on Friday. Mm-hmm. That's just why, that's why the, uh, the program evolved to what it did evolve to, but uh, Eddie Kaziski won a NASCAR national championship driving a uh, limited late model at Eagle Raceway in '98, I think, mm-hmm. somewhere around there, late '90s. 
So, oh, I, uh, I forgot to, to talk about it. Um, Flow Racing and NASCAR have reached an agreement that Flow Racing will be the broadcast partner for all of NASCAR's Roots Racing, which is going to include the Arca Menards Series, the NASCAR Pinties Series. I don't exactly know what that is. NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Home Track Series and the NASCAR Wheeland Series. By the way, the Advanced Auto Parts Home Track Series is what uh, I-80 Speedway is a part of, and I wonder if Flow Racing will be at maybe some big races once in a while at I-80 Speedway. I don't know. I, I hadn't read that yet, so I'd have to go in and decipher all that. I, um, I'm just thinking, um, I think I-80 Speedway and Flow Racing have a good relationship, so I think that would be a possibility. You might see some Friday night races at I-80 uh, available on Flow Racing. Well, I hope the track gets part of the money. That's all I hope. Well, and that's that's kind of what I meant. It, it, it is is a good relationship. <laughs> they uh, they don't get screwed. Uh, I80 Speedway does not get screwed uh, when it comes to uh, certain streaming services paying zero for uh, the streaming privileges or monopoly, I guess. Well, I was going to say I know they had in the past. Let's just put yeah. it that way. Yeah, and that's what I was oh. kind of trying to think of. I'm I'm pretty sure Flow. Because Flow Racing is the ones that purchase dirt on dirt, right? Uh, that I don't know. I'm I not into I the tech. I think that's the way it went. And the Silver Dollar Nationals were always broadcast by Dirt on Dirt. And Michael Rigsby always uh, took care of the tracks that had him come in. So I, I know that dirt, dirt on Dirt had a very generous percentage that was paid out to the racetracks for the subscription amount and the number of viewers. I would assume that carried over to, to flow because uh, when flow purchased dirt on dirt, I believe Michael Rigsby, who was the president of dirt on dirt moved to a senior role at flow racing. So, uh, but so time more, almost more of a merger than. Yeah. Yep. 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 I think that's all I got. Is that all you got? Anything else? Um, I had something at the, at the beginning that I wanted to say, but I think you covered it. And I think we hit it in there. So the only other oddball thing I can think of that happened here is uh, I was reading an article um, about uh, Kevin Hart, Hart, yeah, Kevin mm -hmm. Harvick's chief, Rodney Childers, was evidently at the Snowball Derby. And they had several classes run down there in Florida here in the last, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but um, they just ran it. And uh, there was a bunch of video on tv from uh, a pro truck race and uh, uh during the race uh, a couple cars are going down into turn one or a couple trucks excuse me are going down into turn one and one truck on the inside is almost completely in front of the other truck but the other truck then takes an angle down into the turn and just spins this guy you know he hits him in the right rear, points him to the outside wall, going into turn one. And of course he's sideways going into the bank and he rolls and he, he smashes the roof of the truck on the corner of the wall. Wow. Very scary looking crash. And then Rodney decided to start beating up NASCAR because of this crash. It was very ridiculous article. Huh? And, uh, I was, I had no idea what he was talking about. I sat there, I read that article like three different times, you know, 
Obviously, there was a lot of truck damage, but a roll cage isn't meant to be hit by an object that's at a 90 degree angle. Right. You know, I don't care where that thing would have hit on that truck. It would have done damage. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. just one of the freak accidents, you know. But, yep, yeah, it was just kind of like, Rodney, you need to go back to cup and shut up. <laughs> Hey, we never said anything, and uh, I, I feel terrible about it. Dirk, I think I'm probably speaking for you, but I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say I, I know you probably feel bad. We haven't said anything about this. One of those things that it gets just kind of landed in the middle of the week, and, and unfortunately we never got to it, but Speedway Motors uh, lost one of their own with uh, Jason Smith, who uh, was battling cancer, uh, passed away suddenly at the age of 60. Uh, wanted to make sure and point that out because obviously the Smith family and Speedway Motors has been instrumental to the growth and continued success of, of dirt racing, not only in the Midwest, but throughout the entire country. And uh, to lose somebody like that, especially when they're just down the road in Lincoln, um, that's a, that was a, a tough pill to swallow. And uh, I know a lot of people are, are still uh, hurting over his sudden loss. And so uh, we wanted to make sure, and although it be late, uh, send out our thoughts and prayers to the Smith family and to all the Speedway Motors people that, uh, that, uh, that are feeling that loss. Yeah, it's uh, um, the Smith family, plain and simple, they've just been huge for the sport and have really gotten into um, several other areas, you know, along with just, you know, your basic hot rods and street rods type stuff. They've really developed a section into drag racing and in the last few years, little pedal cars. Yeah. You know, you see kids run around. As a matter of fact, I was down there in... Uh, when I stopped at that buddy of mine's shop in uh, Johnson City, Tennessee, Tennessee down at Gearheads and spoke with Danny Rollins. He's got one of those little pedal cars sitting up in his shop on the wall that uh, was part of it, part of one of their winnings from Kansas Speedway. So, hmm. I mean, that's stuff you, you would think a little toy car like that, but, you know, it's become a big part of their business. They got like yeah. three different catalogs just for those little cars. Is Anthony buying them all up? Are, are, are they are they too big for him? <laughs> um, he loves those diecasts. But they're way too small for him to pedal in. Okay. <laughs> he could maybe get two of them, put one foot in each car. Okay. All right. Uh, the uh, speed or the uh, excuse me the uh, annual turkey chase a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Anthony did a fantastic job. Uh, covering that race again and, and unfortunately despite my best efforts i still didn't get out to that race so i guess like the cubs always say maybe next year well i'm just going to refuse to go out and watch a bunch of people chasing turkeys it's just not my deal <laughs> well you're well, missing out <laughs> evidently well you didn't go either that's true i chased <laughs> my own turkeys right into the fryer <laughs> not my real one not my my chickens but the turkeys i just put a turkey in the anyways I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, unless you got anything else we need to make sure and cover. I, th I think we got uh, a lot of what we've missed over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think we did pretty good. Um, uh, oh, we could talk about the dome for a little bit. Oh, and uh, uh, well, the, the, I didn't get to watch any of that. I was stuck down in the basement working on computers uh, all last week and weekend. And uh, celebrating Sarah's 29th birthday again. Uh, but I, uh, 
I did manage to see that uh, good old Ricky Thornton had a little bit of a flub. Yeah, Ricky had a flub. So the guy that won, he had a flub. He was wearing dude shoes when he won the first feature. <laughs> I don't understand that. What is that one? Um, they're not racing shoes. They weren't fire retardant shoes. Oh. <laughs> he got. He supposedly got the appropriate fine for a safety violation. Wasn't Chase Elliott fined for that too? Somebody oh. went out for practice uh, two, three years ago and didn't have their gloves on. And an in-car camera from the broadcast partners tipped NASCAR off and they went down there. I, I want to say he got like a $50,000 fine. Very well could be. I cannot Very well I, could be. I think it was Chase Elliott, but I, I can't quite remember. Well, I don't remember the name of the company that makes these dude shoes, but um, supposedly uh, by the start of next season, he's going to have a pair of dude shoes that are fire retardant. <laughs> so, and uh, Nick Hoffman, to me, you know, Tyler Carpenter won the late model race, but Nick Hoffman ran in the midgets, oh. ran in the modifieds, and ran in the late models and was top three in all three classes. Wow. So I don't By the know way, if he's hanging around with Kyle Larson or what he's been doing. <laughs> it was Ryan Blaney. Oh, Blaney didn't have the gloves on? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to scroll through and see. I'm trying to see if, they, if they've posted any kind of a fine. I remember he got a monetary fine. I want to say it was like $10,000 or something, but well, I he would just, say I mean, it was 50000 would be appropriate on that. Yeah. And it was for practice and it was kind of one of those procedural things. NASCAR had to find him because it's a safety deal and, and you got to enforce that stuff. And I think Ryan even came out and said, I had no idea I was required to wear gloves when I go out uh, for practice or anything like that. But I do know now and I'll never make that mistake again. Well, you know, you got to wear your Hans device. You got to wear your helmet. Right. You got to wear your fire suit. Why wouldn't you wear the whole thing? I mean, how many times has somebody been in a major accident in practice? enough all right yep. let's let's call it a show we'll wrap it up we're going to uh, release a special show on thursday in fact i think it's going to probably be the uh format from for the next couple of weeks we've got a bunch of i80 speedway interviews we got to get released so i think uh you know depending on the general idea for me right now is if there's headlines to talk about we'll release a show on on wednesdays and then we'll always or tuesdays We'll always release a show on Thursdays, and that's going to be the uh, driver interviews, the uh, champions interviews, at least for the next uh, foreseeable months until we get back into the regular season and maybe some stuff kind of calms down or changes up a little bit. But want to make sure and start releasing on a more regular basis and apologize for the kind of um, hiatus we went on there for a couple of weeks, but I was I was just beat and uh, didn't have the energy to keep doing shows, so I was holding off on that. But anyways... So we've got uh, plenty of I-80 Speedway interviews we're going to do. Make sure you join us this coming Monday at Quaker Steak and Lube for the uh, Shelby County Speedway Track Champions interviews. We're going to uh, start arranging those and then already got some confirmations for the Eagle Raceway Track Champions interviews on Monday, December 20th. Uh, come on down. It's free to join us. We're in the Corvette room, which is the complete opposite room that we go down to for our viewing party races. Uh, go and, in the front uh, doors and turn right and go to the back. All the way to the back, there's a Corvette hanging on the wall. You literally, if you miss it, you need to go to the eye doctor. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, or you need be... to not go to the bar before you walk back. <laughs> <laughs> let's not get let's not get crazy. I know they can go to the bar ahead of time. But if you if you happen to go to the bar to the right bar at Quaker Steak, then you can't miss us because we're right there, uh, just uh, five tables away from the bar. Uh, I know I've counted. So. Anyways, uh, we'll be back next week. Again, we'll be back with a, a show on Thursday for you guys. Uh, Sean Harker and Tanner Dixon are going to be on uh, Friday or on Thursday's show. So make sure you uh, pay attention to that. And we appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Make sure to like and share the French stretch and share out that podcast. So we can keep growing those numbers. We appreciate everybody listening. And once again, for Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. Big thanks to Joe Scarding for presenting the French stretch. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair, and we all know Christmas is just around the corner, so I've got a couple of ideas for you. If it's a youngster that's looking to stream, maybe do a little bit of gaming, maybe a young adult that's headed to college for the first time, or an older adult that's headed back for continuing education, I have two identical HP ProBook 640 G2 laptops. These are 14-inch screens, so they're not too big, they're going to fit perfect in a backpack, and they're really, really light. They've both been upgraded to the maximum amount of RAM which is 16 gigs and they both come with iCore 3 processors that max out at 2.3 gigahertz these are awesome laptops I'm really impressed with the way that they are running after the upgrades that I've done to them and they're available right now for just $450 each Give me a call or shoot me a text message, 402-659-5641. You can also email me at taylorcomputersandrepair.com. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 luberitas. Mondays are kids' night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs.